one of the all-time favorite shows. Hello and welcome to Because You Were Home. We are on episode 37 and today we are going to be talking about nightmares. So all things scary in our own heads. Uh So nightmares are dreams that are scary or disturbing. The themes of nightmares vary widely from person to person, but a common theme includes being chased, falling or feeling lost or trapped. Nightmares can cause you to feel various emotions including anger and or sadness i've often like woken up from a dream and nine times out of ten i i like to not like to say that i have very weird dreams in general Mm -hmm. but like i have had some horror dreams that like we'll be discussing it later on but like you're like you just wonder where Where? in your psyche Mm -hmm. did that come from yeah i don't know whether to be proud or scared I totally get what you mean. And it's funny because it actually, children are more prone to nightmares. And then once you go into kind of adolescent, you tend to come out of the whole nightmare, Mm -hmm. nightmares. Um, But then women are more common to have nightmares than men when you go into adulthood. Um, So it's just another lovely thing that us ladies have. Also, I looked as well into like nightmares versus night terrors. What exactly are the differences? And um, realistically, I was kind of like, I always thought like a nightmare was just a really, really bad night terror. Or sorry. Yeah, I thought they were pretty similar. Nightmare. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of um, a lot of things have come in like with mental health and looking at um, how we look after ourselves and especially lately as well. But a lot of emphasis has been put on to sleep and we've learned more about it with the likes of the calm apps where we're getting and we're tracking our sleep and you have your Fitbits and you can track how well you sleep. Is it your deep sleep? And when you go into your REM cycles. So the REM cycle is the place where you actually can dream or have mm. a nightmare. Um, so that's where a nightmare will happen. And when you, the it's three, the normal person kind of will have between three to seven dreams per night, dreams mm. or nightmare. But generally you don't really remember them. You'll be more likely to remember a nightmare than a dream because you have more of an emotional kind of feeling mm-hmm. towards that. Um, and a, a nightmare is actually how you would feel or that anxiety or fear you would feel in real life. So it's a real intense kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But a night terror is actually not in, it's in a non-REM cycle. So generally people come out of that and they don't remember at all what has happened. And they can often be walking around with their eyes open and look like they're fully awake, but they're not, they're asleep. And it reminded me of the young boy in Sinister. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who's like coming out of the box and he's all like, oh, Um, and it's terrifying. And again, it's more common in children ages three to 12. And you tend to come out of it when you kind of reach um, adolescence. But obviously there are cases where adults still have it. As well, the more anxious people who suffer with anxiety and depression tend to have more nightmares. Because you have more of an anxious mind, it tends to make you more anxious when you sleep, which kind of makes sense. It's like a vicious cycle. It's like a terribly vicious cycle. I used to work in a hotel. I've mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. But our um, our shifts were like 3 to 11 or 7 to 3. And mm-hmm. sometimes you'd be on a three to 11 and then you'd be back in at seven till three. Oh. So you'd finish at 11, you'd get home, you'd go to sleep at 12. And more often than not, you would dream that you were on reception until you woke up, got dressed, went to reception. So you've just been in work for 20 years. Living the dream. <laughs> it was. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> And like, it wasn't the most amazing job. Possibly I'll put that down to a nightmare. It, I have to say, um, it was one of my, like, say, recurring nightmares as a youngster was like towards the end of the summer. 
I'd have that I'm coming back to school and I'm either in the wrong class I'm not prepared even when I was in college it was I still failed something in my last exam my leaving cert and I had to come back and repeat that one class while still simultaneously in college but as I got into my 20s those back to school dreams were replaced with working in the worst retail job that I had and with the people that I didn't like. And even though I got out in 2011, I had dreams that I got called back in to do a Christmas shift and I didn't know how to work the tills and everyone was still like being really mean to me. And I was like, what am I doing back here? <laughs> Why am I here? But I, and I've had more than one dream where I'm back to work in that shop. And I was just like, holy crap, that's replaced my school dreams now. Going back to like the worst job ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck. And like my shop dream or my school dream is college. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. It's like the next stage in your life when you are at your most anxious or your lowest ebb. And it's like the worst place you could ever go back to. And like normally in your day to day, like, oh, thank God I'm finished all that. But with your dream, you're playing it. I always think that like your nightmares are for me because I dream so very many horror movie style nightmares. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I swear it's my brain playing it. Worst case scenario. Yeah. They're not going to happen. But what if? what if they did that's so I'd be I'd be screwed we put it out to um a couple of our followers and a couple of our friends to ask them to tell us some of Mm. their nightmares some of the ones that were sent in to us on um Instagram there was one where Pennywise was chasing this person in their nightmare and they wake up and their dad is actually Pennywise oh he was inside the family all along yeah yeah, so they go to wake up their dad and say, this is what's happening, and it's actually Pennywise. That would scare the hell out of me. Another one uh, that was sent in through Instagram, this was sent in by one of my really good friends from college, actually. She said that it was Tim Curry as himself killing her. Oh, wow. I think Tim Curry, with the with the kind of uh, roles he's played, <laughs> I can understand that being a really tense and quite scary kind of experience yeah another one that was sent in a man stood over them with blood oozing from their teeth and they screamed the house down and one that will just give you a bit of a giggle (laughs) halloween was replaced with national brussels sprite day (laughs) like absolutely not the smells coming out of that worldwide (laughs) our friends have messaged us some of their nightmares and our friend amy said that one of her dreams i remember we discussed this a few days ago as well she had said it's herself and her brother are on a beach and they see an impending tsunami wave and they run but as they're running she knows and he knows that they're never going to get to high ground and it's just that like you know you know you're going to die kind of situation. And then she said she had another kind of dream where she was, it's like a fear as well of hers, like sitting in a car near water. And I guess that that's probably a real similar fear as well of like the trapped around a body of water. Um, And then our other friend, Shauna, said that she had a nightmare where she was being chased by dinosaurs through Tenley Hall, which is a (laughs) nearby forested area for us, a kind of park. Um, And she said, it's like when you're trying to run, but you can't run fast. And um, I'm trying to judge by her message, but I think it's like maybe she saw possibly Jurassic Park. I'm going to guess as we were children and about that time. You know what? Actually, one of her favorite programs was that dinosaur program. And they were kind of like life size. Oh, there was the Jim Henson. They were the Muppets yes. crowd had done them. Yeah. Um, oh, God. And I only watched the first episode with my husband there actually about a week or so ago. But I cannot yeah. remember the name. But that little baby. She used to love that little baby. That's right. That is yeah. right. And then they turned against her, obviously, in, in nightmare form. <laughs> and <laughs> to dinosaur. <laughs> Erin had sent us one in as well where she had a nightmare where she was trapped in a really old castle by a witch and um, that the witch was clawing her and she had no voice her voice was completely gone Ah, yeah so all things that are fairly common the being chased the fear of not being able to get to a safe place your Mm -hmm. voice being um your voice going Mm -hmm. so we did another thing on Instagram where we played a game of would you rather and Emer, I am going to play live edition let's play a game (laughs) let's play a game so 
would you rather have a nightmare where your teeth are falling out or you're being chased? Oh, definitely teeth falling out because I don't even like being chased in real life. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd be playing like tag or whatever. And the minute, like, especially because my my husband can run really fast, Chris can just leg it. And we joke that he T2s it. So his hands are just going (laughs) like real straight. And then I'm like laughing. And then after a while I stop and I I start screaming. And then we're like, no, this isn't fun anymore. So (laughs) definitely I'll take my teeth falling out over that oh geez uh no no okay so because you picked you'd rather the teeth falling out the fear there i presume is the being chased so we're going Mm. to look at when you're being chased it suggests that you're running away from something that is causing you fear or anxiety in waking life it indicates that you have a tendency to run away or avoid particular situations like being chased um, the chaser can also uh, represent an aspect of your life. For example, my mortgage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My shitty neighbors. Yes, loud noises. Yeah, I'll run away from that any day if I get a bit of silence. Mm-hmm. So the next one: unable to find a toilet or being naked in public. Oh Christ, naked in public! And actually, I had a dream when I was that just popped into my head I had a dream one time when I was walking down the road by our primary school and for some reason I have no t-shirt on and I'm in a bra and my school skirt and I'm just like how did this happen (laughs) and I'm just like why why am I dreaming this to myself so being naked in public is a dream that symbolizes that you're not being you're not able to find yourself uncertainty (laughs) or being worthy wrongly accused if you are the naked person in your dream, but if you see a nude person, you are sickened by it and you were sickened by it. It means you're worried about exposing that person. Ah, prefer to be unable to find a toilet. Um, yeah, I suppose it depends on which version of needing to go to the bathroom is it? Quite true. Yeah. Quite true. As an adult now, I have a feeling that our worst fear almost now is as my family, we tend to drink on occasion known to drink but basically it's a <laughs> most recently my brother had a, and I've had it before you need to get sick after a night out yeah. and you cannot find a bathroom and I remember we were up north in Yuri. um this was yeah 2019 because it wasn't fucking last year and <laughs> uh my brother was peaky and he mm-hmm. was sat outside and I think my mom myself my mom had appeared to him to possibly 10, 20 seconds after he had just vomited in an empty shopping bag. He was trying to find one to just vomit into. And yeah. from that he even got the bag. Oh yeah, he was just like. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I've had that where it's just like, you're in public and oh yeah, coming out of a butcher's. And <laughs> it just, boom, Dublin Road, peak traffic. And Ooh, I was nice. like, yeah. No, my mom was there. <laughs> I was like, proud moment oh. oh yeah yeah so um both you you'd rather just avoid completely oh yeah 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 I'm okay. sure at the time I thought it was a great experience to be that drunk but you know it always it's tomorrow Emer's problem um would you rather have a nightmare where you're unprepared for an exam or you're flying um I'd rather take flying because uh yeah being unprepared for an exam was always even a daytime honest to god fear of mine Mm -hmm. uh like I did um history for my leaving cert and they had uh section a and section b and I did not know this and section turned out our our part of our questions that we all studied the whole curriculum for was in section B. So I just straight away opened it and it was all this stuff on Henry VIII and Mm -hmm. like a whole load of questions that we had never studied for. Wasn't even on the syllabus, nothing. And I may have screamed. I can't remember because I kind of blacked out a bit. Uh, Shauna was in the room with us and um, I remember freaking out going, we didn't study for this. Like I'm saying this out loud in a room with 20 girls. And then yeah. I'm being told by the invigilator, you're section B. And then I had to kind of, and then she actually said, do you want, and I had to go to the bathroom. She's like, do you want to take a minute out? So it is honest to God, I'll take, now I understand flying is like, I also, I'm not a fan of flying mm-hmm. as 
I have, but I had a situation one time when I was on a plane coming from London to Dublin and it was in 2010 when there was really bad snow and it was really icy and our flight was delayed because the plane had such an amount of ice on it. So they're trying to de-ice the plane as well as kind of like put the protector spray on it as well. And myself, my friends, we were sitting over the wing and as we were taking off, we felt the engine cut. Ooh. on the wing and the plane just dipped and it dipped for I'd say about 10 seconds and my friend was a really bad flyer and she looked at me and I'm normally like oh it's a bit of turbulence or whatever you'll be fine and she looked at me and I'm like I don't want to tell you but I think we're gonna die um <laughs> and then okay, like we're gone yeah goodbye it's been fun um I was only 20 and I remember like then after like I said 10 seconds we heard the engine going and just kicked into and it leveled out and I can only imagine that it was the frost it just froze the engine temporarily or something and but no one ever made an announcement and um but yeah for some reason I'm still picking the exam one (laughs) that that's my worst fear (laughs) that's okay so would you rather be in a nightmare where you're falling or out of control in a vehicle um out of control in a vehicle because I hate falling and I trip and fall a lot but I suppose you're thinking falling like falling from where falling from what it could generally be in those dreams it's that you're like falling from a massive height ah and that like that's another nightmare that I had uh, I think I mentioned this god episodes way before of a recurring night uh, nightmare so as you could call it, I had as a child which was falling off our railway bridge the viaduct um and falling down into the river and I had that on more than one occasion never knew why um and I was so convinced that I actually got to walk over that bridge as a child and my dad was like no one but our staff is allowed beyond that bridge you could not have been up there but I'm like but I remember being up there and looking down and falling and my dad was like no <laughs> and I reckon that's the viaduct yeah 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 I'm, I was convinced but we used to do railway walks like um a few times a year I love mm. them and um so I was convinced that we must have taken a railway walk out past the viaduct and you- I don't think I could go up there because I just have this panic feeling that I would fall yeah yeah no I wouldn't like that at all um okay so last one mm-hmm. would you rather be in a nightmare where you find an unused room mm-hmm. or you're late um I'm perpetually late um mm-hmm. <laughs> uh I suppose I'd take the pa- the nightmare of an unused room because yeah. like potential what's in there is yeah. it like it's un is it unused right so that's not to say it's not locked like it's open you could go in there well then that's my room bitch that's my new home so for this episode I decided to look into um kind of how the idea and the explanation of nightmares came in our civilization and one of the things I popped up on it was used in our art episode and it Mm -hmm. was the nightmare by Fuseli in 1781 and that's the one where the demon is sitting on the chest of the woman who's trying to sleep and there's the very scared looking horse looking on to that yeah which yeah I love that painting um so like that is again that was like someone finally portraying what a nightmare is someone sitting on your chest um so that painting like would evoke an emotional response of horror fear and anxiety and in folklore a nightmare is a demonic night spirit of oppression in other words an incubus that comes to sleepers during the night accompanied by frightening dreams and uh, however I don't know whoever thought this, but <laughs> I was reading an article to say the source of the word nightmare, it has nothing to do with a female horse. And I was like, why did people think that the mare part of nightmare was to do with a female horse? Um, because it's not like... Yeah, M-A-R-E, mare is yeah. a female horse. Yeah. yeah. So like the term nightmare evokes, therefore, um, a term for female horse but the terms are not in any way related. Um, in popular belief, it was once thought that a nightmare was when dreamers awoke and assumed that they had been riding a demonic horse. The nightmare is also known as the night hag or riding the witch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. But yeah, so me, many people then would uh, assume that your nightmare is that there's a demon sitting on your chest and that's how you get the, the 
feeling of breathlessness and oppression um and then that this only happens at night time so it's a nightmare um and like the the word mare obviously it's an english prefix but like in slavic terms it's mora which could trace to the core meanings back to the greek word moros or death uh, and the ancient greeks actually had a mythic giant whose name was ephilates uh, which meant leaper and was a nightmare spirit um and then for Croatian people, Mora means nightmare, but also was a dark spirit form of or succubus who visited men in their dreams to torture them with desire. The belief being that the sleeping men had their hair deliberately entangled by these female spirits who left them with mare locks, mare braids and mare tangles, which I think is how we now have bedhead. <laughs> yes. I mean, I was reading that and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's bedhead. Um, <laughs> so the I'm there. Oh yeah, just, yeah, yeah, every goddamn morning. Um, the idea of the nightmare is uh, of ancient origin as well as worldwide belief in myth and folklore and appears intertwined with notions of succubi and incubi. Proof may be sought in the Mesopotamian and Babylonian storm god called Alu, who is also a nightmare and a demon who killed people by crushing them. So an early allusion to hold stones, which you know the necklaces where it was a circular stone with like a hole in the middle? Yes. Um, so this was in the 15th century. They were used as charms against nightmares um, as the stones were regarded to preventing bad dreams. Hold stones were often hung on bedposts to deter demons, including the night hag, the nightmare or a succubus. It was also believed that a stone with a hole in it hung at the head of the bed would prevent a nightmare. Thus the reason why they were sometimes called hag stones from that disorder seemed to be caused by a hag or which sitting on the chest or stomach of a sleeping person. And now they're just used by backpackers around Europe. I used to have a, um, a dream catcher yeah. when I was younger. And I'm talking, I remember I wore it when I was like eight or nine. Um, and I had them as like wind chimes in yeah. my bedroom. And I had one as a necklace. And I remember like we were, it was one of the first sleepovers I had in Shauna's house and I must have forgotten it or I just yeah. couldn't find it in my bag. And I remember, I think I was like so close to asking to be brought home. I think my parents might find it and brought it up, but I couldn't sleep thinking I'm going to, that's how bad as a young age, I was having nightmares or like yeah. really weird dreams. Um, and I remember at a time when I was a teenager, I had about three different versions of night charms, uh, dream catchers. I was thinking about this as well because I had them as well and mm -hmm. I think it was actually it was very much they were quite popular at that time when we mm. were younger um, and also it goes back to that whole thing that we were discussing when we were talking about religion and horror mm -hmm. and there was the um, documentary that was done by the guy who did The Exorcist and he was saying that he was talking to the priests and the psychologists and then he was talking to the doctors and the doctors were like look something can actually help if you have the belief in it oh I truly believe the necklaces were psychosomatic and all that yeah yeah and then because I had them as well and I remember making them as well oh. and I brought it home and I put it above my bed and my mom was like what are you doing and I was like oh I'm having really bad dreams and she was like look she was all like this is a heathen thing I'm joking <laughs> no, she, Burn it. she did turn around and she was like just say a prayer every night and you won't get bad dreams and like that I had the belief in that mm -hmm. and I didn't have them and I used to say yeah. a prayer every night before and like within that prayer it would be please let me have no bad dreams and it's yeah. that it is that whole thing of like if you have that belief in it and you believe in it so much mm -hmm. um sometimes it can work yeah your brain can kind of take get the message and get what it is you're trying to portray like I yeah. remember my mom took one of the wind chimes into her room because she was like I've been having a doozy of dreams and even she was like I want to give this a go yeah um, and so she she yeah and I'm, I mean, it was there for years because I had like three. I'm like, sure, take them. Yeah. Um, but I remember like the necklace started like it had three feathers on it and the necklace started to like lose its feathers. And I remember mm -hmm. thinking going, it's not going to work if it's not all in one piece. Yeah. But like in the end, I think I just had the necklace like no feathers. And I remember it was really hard for me to stop wearing it. I was like, OK, I've got the chimes. I've got that if I need it. And yeah, 
like yeah. you eventually stop using now I, like I never took it with me when I moved into the apartment and now I'm in a house and I still don't have it Pfft. yeah I've had some crazy Gosh. dreams in the last few <laughs> years so maybe I should just take it back or I'll start saying prayers now yeah um I had looked up one last thing was again um how nightmares were explained in Japan so in Japan, they're very superstitious people and yeah. evil dreams were believed to be the results of evil spirits and the supernatural creature called Baku is known as the eater of dreams. So uh, the Baku, like many mythological beings, is a curious mingling of various animals. It has the face of a lion, the body of a horse, the tail of a cow, the forelock of a rhinoceros and the feet of a tiger. Nice. That's a lot to unpack. That's a lot going on there. It's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fish. Yeah, yeah. Um, several evil dreams are mentioned in an old Japanese book, such as two snakes twined together, a fox with the voice of a man, bloodstained garments, a talking rice pot, and so on. Just your your normal Japanese nightmares. Yeah. Um, when a Japanese peasant awakens from an evil nightmare, he cries, Devour Obaku, devour my evil dream. At one time, pictures of the Baku were hung up in Japanese houses and its name was written upon pillows. It was believed that if the Baku could be induced to eat a horrible dream, the creature had the power to change it into good fortune. So again, that's like the charms up around your house. But I would love to see a pillow like with just a stitching of Baku on it. <laughs> like I think if really I'm going to... Yeah, I want to see Penny's doing its line of Baku nightwear, um, where it's just going to eat your horrible dreams. Love it. Yeah. So I thought that that was really interesting of just like. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Where you're like specifically calling upon a demon to eat your dreams. I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that one was was quite an unusual one. So can we tie this in with horror movies? I was like one of the first thing I was like nightmares and horror movies and they're like do horror movies create nightmares and I'm like mm-hmm, not really um I wouldn't really suffer from them as a result it's more my day-to-day anxiety would yeah. be creating it yeah. although I did have one nightmare where I now I've never actually seen the film but I've known enough about it you know that uh, it's French film Martyrs yes yeah yeah so I think I told you about this yeah Mm. so I won't watch it because I I don't like gratuitous violence like violence for the sake of violence like that's why I kind of got out of the Saw franchise um but this one was I knew that in the climax to the film spoilers if anyone plans to watch it and but in the climax of the film they're trying to get they're kidnapping women and if you achieve the most amount of pain you can see your your mind will leave your body and you'll be able to go to this like level of being where you'll be able to answer all the world's secrets and you'll know define premonition and all that sort of stuff so they skin the girl they flay her and she's awake for it and she does her body you know her mind leaves her body she's looking at this and she's still alive because she tells the woman what happens but anyway I had a dream nothing tied in because like I said I said I hadn't seen it and I had a dream like as if I was in that camp I was a prisoner and I was they were torturing people around me like that cutting flaying and I was about to be hung but not to be killed but just hung to pass out and I remember like sitting with like or standing with a noose around my neck and I was just like and I was seeing women being just like tortured around me and I remember waking up going the fuck did that come from I just Honestly, like the deep, and I can't remember more, but I just remember at the time feeling like it was very detailed. Yes. You know, there's some dreams can just be like, I just remember parts and this and the other. Yeah. I was like, no, I remember looking down and seeing that I was just standing on a stump. And yeah. You have a nightmare though that could be a film. Oh, hang on. Emer, when was when when did you have it was last year wasn't it and sent uh, yeah sent us an, um the the full screenplay um, <laughs> for this for this nightmare but it was a doozy it was it really was um because it's like I'd never write down any dream beforehand but I just felt like as if this one I had a lot going on on mm. in it um I found it um so sit down and gather around for the tale of <laughs> Nazi robots versus the aliens. Yay! 
people, this is an honest to God dream I had. Um, so the premise of it is because it's like as if I was viewing a film in my head and I came in on a scene, but um, there are Nazis who are also robots and there are aliens and they're all trying to take over the world and they have to disguise themselves as humans. And um, so the scene starts where you're in uh, an elevator and an alien um, attacks a human and you're the person who's in the lift and you're watching this. So they hop onto their back and then they kind of plunge into their chest and absorb themselves into the human. And as they are being absorbed and fighting with the human, they then become the human. And you're just watching this, like hitting a button to get out. Um, and then it swaps to a new scene where you're in quite a large house and there are five aliens in human form and they take over the house. But when they look at a painting of a human, they see something grotesque and they want. And even if they look in the mirror, they don't see the human. They see themselves, which they don't like seeing. So all the mirrors have to be broken. All the photographs have to be destroyed or just removed. And then in that house, out in the pool, there are two aliens in male form and they're talking away and the male that's in the pool has a joke has a joke mermaid mermaid tail and joking that the other male should join him in for a swim and at that stage another male well lots of males here um <laughs> coming to the rear of the house from a limo emer's dream it was a nightmare it was raining men it's raining men with mermaid tails um so yeah, so a man comes out of a limo and he's with a very beautiful model-like woman. And the two alien males in the swimming pool are acting all calm and chillax. And they're also acting like as if maybe this couple knows the humans that we're trying to be. So we're going to act like we are the human males that we've taken over their body. And um, so they're all chatting away. And the woman goes into the pool and she asks to get a photograph of one of the males that's in the pool. Um, however, when they see the photograph, she has no reflection and she can't be seen in the picture because she's a Nazi robot. Um, and, they've bum, also bum, bum. and they've also disguised themselves as human. And this is where it goes fucking bananas. Um, she was kind of like a fembot. Yes. Austin Powers. And um, so it seemed that the Nazis are about to get weapons from their limo. And so they're trying to run back into it. And that's when another alien comes in. But this alien is Jude Law. And he comes in on like a 1930s director's chair from up above. And <laughs> he comes down and he starts shooting the Nazi robots. And then behind him on a teeny tiny plane comes this pug um, and under the propellers are machine guns. And so he's just like little gloves, little goggles. <laughs> and he's like, um, and, um, and then also in the background, which really confused me in my dream above everything else was there was a Nazi swastika in the house. So yeah, that I'm trying to think of, that must be why the couple entered the house. What the aliens didn't know is they took over a Nazi robot house. So there was a Nazi swastika that they were um, shooting and then they also shot into the limo. So this is the aliens doing the shooting. They shot into the limo that had more Nazi robots into it. And um, so, yeah, there was just scream. You could hear the screams as the bullets pierced the limo with the Nazi robots in it. And then I woke up. Like, <laughs> I know you're trying to read into Grace, like as to what these dreams mean. And I'm like, yeah figure that one out maybe it's like people two warring factions trying to take over human beings and the world it reminds me almost something-esque of like um you know the one that we'd watched the nazi zombie one yes right yeah. like dead snow and then you have iron sky which is basically nazis living on the moon which is brilliant it's a hilarious film but it to me it seems like one of those films where i'm like what's the most craziest thing? And you could have not only like Nazi zombies, but there's also aliens and they're fighting against each other to take over the world. Or I suppose it's like a big imposter syndrome. Everybody's someone else. Yeah. Okay, right. So, Emer. Dreams involving robots. To dream of a robot represents a mechanical, methodical and rigid style of thinking. Alternatively, a robot may reflect your perception of someone who does whatever 
you tell them without questioning it. It may also reflect your own tendency to do whatever someone tells you without questioning it. Huh. And obviously I know it's too much to Google it if they're also Nazis. Yeah. So But I suppose that could be like a rule thing again. I looked up about the funny thing is like you never it doesn't really come up too much. Um, Can't imagine that it would. It doesn't. (laughs) And actually, funny enough, aliens don't really come up either within like, you know, the dream kind of what does this mean? Um, so aliens don't, I, I was expecting my um, iPad to break when I asked about, <laughs> about Nazis, actually, to be honest. Um, but yeah, and then let's see, Ken doesn't really say much, I presume. I think actually what you said, like somebody coming in and taking control over something, it seems to be a lot of control. I am a control freak. Seems to be a lot of control, a lot of controlling people there yeah but totally disguised yeah yeah because I suppose it's like I try to not again like my competitive streak I try to like hide that I have these big personality issues where I like to control a scene oh yeah control a scene and and um win at everything uh but yeah so I yeah I suppose that that could be it and then I'm also just fascinated by aliens I suppose and nazis so there you go i'm sure it's my brain trying to um explain some things to me yeah my worst dream i i used to have quite um unusual dreams i was put on epilim for a while when i was younger Hmm. and which is a medication you take when you're epileptic which i wasn't so um I was I wasn't on it for long but I do remember kind of um having like very high temperatures and having like um hallucinations or kind of quite vivid dream and it was probably a very annoying time for my sisters I remember they were watching a horror movie at one stage and I snuck back downstairs and I I hid behind the chair that looked onto the cabinet, which was glass, which was reflecting what was happening in the movie. So every Uh, time the devil came onto screen, I'd be like, "Uh," (laughs) behind the chair. And they thought I was asleep. So um, I kind of can understand why they told me that they were members of the witches. And if they shaved their heads, they would have Um, and the fact that they used that we lived beside a graveyard to their advantage mm-hmm. anytime they were babysitting me. Um, but yeah, I had really, really vivid ones. And I, I used to be, I used to have ones where I was in our, in the estate that I lived in, I was being chased by wolves. Then there was another one where there were witches in our attic and I was actually, I was in their like cauldron. Oh, I cooked but my most kind of vivid dream and the scariest dream I've ever had and it's so funny when you describe it it doesn't sound scary at all it seems like such a nothing dream I'm in my auntie's house and there's like four steps and then you turn around and you go up the stairs Uh and I go up the stairs and there's a box on the top of the stairs I start to look through the box I turn around there's a guy at the bottom of the stairs who's bald he's manically laughing at me and then somebody taps me on the shoulder and I never turn around I don't know why I've never seen him but I know kind of vaguely what he's wearing he has hair and stuff like that and I'll wake up and there's always the hand on my shoulder oh yeah like you can can feel feel it it. oh and I was looking that up and like some places kind of are like oh it's spirits waking you up and stuff like that but it always happens in the same place and I don't really know if it is but yeah it used to be one that I'd have every year when I go to Limerick um and Mm -hmm. very rarely I've had it kind of in my adult life but it was like I'd always have the kind of (laughs) generic like horror movie style ones as well Mm -hmm. but um yeah that that was always my kind of most terrifying yeah nightmare it's the one that leaves you with like the most unsettled Mm, very strange very strange and it says here if what boxes represent in dreams so whether they are central to the dream or just appear off to the side, the boxes are a symbol of concealment. There's something you are hiding. 
um, or you suspect somebody is hiding something from you. If you open the box, why, uh, that means you are ready to reveal a secret or you are about to have something revealed to you. It's never a nice gift. No, like, mind if it was a Tiffany's box. (laughs) that. No bother. Absolutely. So I, I think both of us looked into as well horror movies that have notable nightmare scenes in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got in Pet Cemetery where Rachel's um, sister that had died from the spinal issue. And I have to say in the original film, because I, I, I saw both of them yeah. and the remake, the original one, oh, it's terrifying how her face is just so much more like bony and everything yeah. oh and it is I was like so creeped out by the sister as well um, I was really creeped out by the sister oh no I have to I say I actually felt bad how unsettled I felt by her yes yeah yeah I'm kind of like I'd run too yeah yeah but then I have to remember it's actually not a person it's just a like and they're trying to make it as terrifying as possible. So I'm not the bad person that I feel I am. <laughs> no, it's prosthetics. It's yeah, 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 yeah. We're not running away from this woman. Yeah. Um, and then we had as well another one where in The Fly, the David Cronenberg film. Yes. Um, where Veronica, after, because she was impregnated uh, and she sees her, her boyfriend now turning slowly into um the fly so she thinks she's giving birth to a larvae and it was just like this wrinkly thing yeah and, but yeah no you get that like the, the fear of but yeah. I just felt that that was um I kind of almost laughed at that part I think yeah. them being yeah um a kind of real similar one you have in aliens where Ripley has a nightmare where she thinks she has a chestburster of her own yeah um, but again that's just a nightmare and um, what ones did you come across so we had spoken about this and we kind of had come across the same one. So you have the one from Drag Me to Hell, which oh. that film, I kind of, I remember seeing it not being too kind of gone with it. I think it's when when a lot of movies come out and they're like, it's the most terrifying movie I'll ever see. You're like, ah, and then it's like, oh, okay. But the bit where she does have the nightmare and the um, the old hag is above her and she like, spray all of the bugs in her mouth into her mouth yeah it's so vile yeah the one thing though like it is a kind of funny-ish film in scenes and I I, now that I know like I mean it's one of those ones where as you look into the directors more like Sam Raimi after Evil Dead like because in my mind for a while even though I had seen Evil Dead beforehand I was thinking Sam Raimi Spider-Man and now this I'm like what but if you go back into his older work and then you're like, oh, all the Evil Dead films and then he does this, you're kind of getting the idea of it. But I feel yes. I felt so sorry for that girl, um, Christine, for all the things that she has to eat and things that go in her mouth throughout the entire film. For that actress playing her, I was just like, oh. yeah, 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 so Not gross. Cool. The other one I found, which um, I kind of forgot about and it's not... <laughs> It's a horror movie, but it's not a horror movie. It's the burbs. So um, there's a scene where um, Tom Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks' character, <laughs> um, has a nightmare and they're having a barbecue and it's actually, they're barbecuing him. But it's like this really great scene as well. Mm-hmm. There was another one that I saw and I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. But actually it's a hallucination. So it doesn't uh, really, nah. it doesn't really work. Um, and the, of course, the ending of Carrie. Yes. You have the ending of Carrie where I, like, I remember seeing that and just being like, that was so scary. Yeah. And um, when the hand comes up. Because I didn't realize it, that there's like, a, a, it's, it's what we, in the list thing that we saw, it's the car, the red car, as Sue's walking up, it goes back. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't notice that. Didn't and when you're that. watching that, I was just like, Ooh, it's yeah. so, it's to put you off kilter and you're like, Oh, it's so disturbing. Yeah. And we can't no. we can't talk about horror movies and nightmares without looking at a nightmare on Elm Street. Did you think we wouldn't, people? 
I know we've gone a long time without talking about it, but we just wanted to do a lot of back work. We're just like, you know, bringing you in slowly. So you have the a Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Um, it's a huge franchise by the amazing Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. You have... Um, you have Robert Unglund, of course, um, in the role of Freddy Krueger. So the first one starts off and it's a it's a bunch of high school students who have to try and stay awake so that they aren't killed by the Freddy character, who was a janitor and a murderer in the film. And I know we've spoken about this before, where you were saying that he was originally supposed to be a pedophile, because I think in the remake he is. Yeah. So originally he was supposed to be in the original one as well, but there was a very similar story playing out in the real world at mm. the same time. So they oh. took that aspect out. Okay, because I feel like if they alluded to it in some scenes and obviously that would have been a part of the bigger thing, but they obviously had to cut and change some yeah. scenes. Yeah, yeah. So there was a case at the time because um, one of the things if you put in Nightmare on Elm Street on into Google people also ask was Freddy Krueger a child molester in the original in the original script Freddy was a child molester according to IMDb the villain was changed to a child uh, killer because producers wanted to avoid any comparisons to the story in California about a series of child molestations at the same time as filming would that have been the satanic panic fear in the crashes in the 80s where all these kids had been taken by I don't know whether some one kid had admitted to it and then there was all these kids had admitted and crashed that all the teachers were witches and that they were like flushing them down the toilet only for them to be going down to like their coven underground yes but the thing was they were all taken seriously and like people were flow seriously people were like almost sent to jail over this and yeah. their lives were then just destroyed no matter what like so I wonder if that's the sort of stuff where like we can't have be in the same breath as this case that happened in America it because it was just so horrific it was such a big thing at the time like it was huge mm-hmm. um so I actually I watched um Wes Craven's New Nightmare because I hadn't um I hadn't seen it and I'm, I, um, I will admit I I'm very bad on seeing most of the films and Mm -hmm. I think it's awful. I've seen the original one and the remake of the original one and that, but I think I've seen snippets of the rest of them, (laughs) but I'm awful. I don't think I've seen them. Yeah, but as well, they're also not your type of genre. It's like, it's a supernatural, it's not supernatural slasher. Mm -hmm. Do you know, it's not the thing that I can imagine you sitting down and go, it's not your first choice. No, but I always was interested with the idea of it happening in your nightmare that mm-hmm. you've been killed there. Yeah. You know, if you die there, you die for real, kind of like the Matrix esque. But so I yeah. think I would, as I'm older now, go back and watch them. I have them all on DVD. You can have them all. Woo-hoo. Yeah. So this one, um, a demonic force has chosen Freddy Krueger as its portal to the real world. Um, so it's it's a weird one. So basically, they bring Nancy mm-hmm. back, but they bring oh. her back as herself. So they this was a genius this, idea. Yeah, yeah, they create this world where the first fr- nightmare and nightmare on Elm Street was a film, mm-hmm. and this is the continuation of that. So Heather Lanningkamp is the main role here, and she is married to. this guy who's a props developer for the Freddy franchise and they have a little boy uh, who's called Dylan who is really fucking creepy Um, (laughs) and (laughs) she has this really nice nanny Um, Robert Ungland is in it he's really nice as well they get on really well Mm -hmm. Um, Wes Craven is in it every so often it's it's really cool and I actually felt like I was such a fangirl because I was like to Warren that's Wes that's Wes and I was like nobody is here he doesn't know like (laughs) what is your problem so it starts off um, where she is on set and the husband is on set and they've just developed this mechanical hand and um it is it, it gets a mind of its own it starts to kill people and everything like that and she wakes up so it was a dream that she was having and she's kind of um she's removed herself from the final girl kind of horror screen queen 
uh, title that she would have had through her career and now she has her little boy she doesn't want to pursue this anymore she goes it's the anniversary of the film she goes into um it's 10 years later she goes into the uh, studio and they want to make a new one and it turns out that the husband has actually been making this prototype so she's really freaked out she's like oh my god you've actually been making this thing that I've been having nightmares about and then the little boy has started to kind of like she'll come down and her movie will be on and he's like never sleep again never sleep again and at one stage he comes she comes down and he's like walking around and he's gotten like little steak knives and he's like solid tape them to his hand oh. and he's like look at me mommy yeah he's like stabby stab jab jab and uh she rings she rings the husband he's away to shoot and he, she's like look you need to come home um teach your son some manners our son is yeah he goes into he goes into a hospital he has like some sort of an episode that's mm-hmm. actually what she describes it as and he goes into hospital and they're a bit like you know you've exposed him to these horror movies this is your problem you know you shouldn't have basically you shouldn't have been in a horror movie and you shouldn't have had kids if you felt like you could you know have a stable child um but it's funny the nurse is actually one of the teachers from the first one so it's it's amazing you have these characters coming back um but yeah it's a really cool concept you can really see Wes dipping his toe into the meta that yes. he then does with Scream. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Oh, this was 94. It was only yeah. like two years. Yeah. Scream. And it's very close to home because I don't think Heather Langenkamp did much, if anything, after Nightmare on Elm Street. And she actually became a special effects as did her husband I think they, that's how they met and they created their own special effects company and she actually does special effects for horror movies like isn't that so cool that's what I mean it's so meta it's that's why it's like I'd say New mm-hmm. Nightmare is so believable because you're like well this was actually the life she did lead yeah and the thing is as well during the movie like things keep happening and she's like do we know what's happening with the script like has Wes said anything because he wants to do a new movie she doesn't want to do it because she's trying Mm -hmm. to get away from it Robert England is on for it but um like loads of things keep happening the little boy ends up on the top of a a, like a jungle gym kind of thing and Mm -hmm. he's like take me take me oh and the dad has died because he was killed by the animatronic hand he was making oh wow um so he's driving and the hand like comes up between his legs like the <laughs> like the bath scene like the bath scene and like rips so many like you know it crashes and then she comes to see the body mm-hmm. and then they're like is this him and you can kind of see two little things and she's like lower it more and they're like no no you don't want to see that <laughs> she pulls it back and she's like what is that and they're like oh of course his body's going to be mangled because he was in a car accident she was like no, that's clearly a claw. Yeah. <laughs> like this, this, this clearly t- like, you know, that was something that was intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, when when he the little boy is up and he has his arms out and he's like, God wants to take me, God wants to take me. Um she he, he they they catch him and he's fine. But it turns out that that's the bit. That's how far Wes has gotten in the script. Oh. So it seems to be playing out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, it's very interesting. Really oh, good. Tell, yeah, no, it's it's something that, because even like with the second Nightmare on Elm Street, where it's, it's Freddy is possessing a guy to do it. Yeah. Um, and just like with all that, like how it's almost like Halloween 3 when they decide to just like diverge from yeah. the script and it either worked or it didn't work with some people. So, yeah, there is, I suppose it's like there's a lot to it. It's just, I think it's like, uh, possibly by the fourth one mm-hmm. where Freddie had released his own rap. Love it. it. Freddie's back. That that's kind of one where I was just like, holy shit, I don't know. Like when I was younger and like, I guess. Can I? Yeah. And I think when I was like younger, maybe in my twenties and I was like trying to be more of a like. 
provocateur of hardcore yeah and I was just like oh I'm not watching this and now I'm just kind of like no now I do like I'm I'm happy to admit that I will watch a silly horror but I do Mm -hmm. people are like it's like the first one the third one like dream warriors like there are some really scary ones that are in it yeah so like it's it's to give your time you know to them definitely yeah I think you'd actually really like the last one uh number seven yeah yeah and I just want to do one quick shout out to one Mm -hmm. nightmare scene that I loved is Judgment Day in Terminator 2 where Sarah Connor is at the um she's at the playground with her son and he's only like a little one and then you just see the yeah and the nuclear blast and then she's just absolutely incinerated I thought that was a brilliant scene because you really don't know it's like it's well you kind of get the idea it's a dream because like her kid is a lot older and yeah but Jesus oh no it's not her son it's just children are playing and she's walking by she's looking at herself in yes the park playing with her son son. yeah yeah and it's (laughs) this is gonna sound really bad like but I was so distracted by what she was wearing as the mother mm-hmm. that I was more confused about that that I was kind of like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> when it came I was like oh my god she looked like she was in like some candy striper kind of nurse you yeah know? it was very strange it was very strange but like I loved Linda Hamilton's yeah. arms her arms in that film like she's she's strong she's badass so strong she's she pull-ups yeah I kind of love her in her military getup, I'm like, I'd love to look like that. Yeah, That's like my right. body dream. Yeah. Linda Hamilton a la Terminator 2. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I don't 100% get that. Um, so this week we looked at Reanimator mm-hmm. for our movie. Another kind of a um, off the wall kind of film. So let's just see what the synopsis of this film. Wouldn't have watched it if we hadn't have had it on it. Um, I might have because Mm. only for the fact that I had been meaning to because I'd seen it mentioned on enough things but now I'm just kind of like I don't think I'd watch its sequels apparently the second one you never need to watch but the third one is (laughs) third one is a bit better but anyway so it's um obsessed with the idea of overcoming the obstacle of death and determined to vindicate himself by backing up his theory the ambitious medical student Herbert West arrives in New England after the horrific incident in the Institute of Medicine in Switzerland before long Herbert will pick up where he left off at first experimenting with dead feline tissue and then with fresh human cadavers talking his skeptic roommate Dan into joining him on this audacious project. Inevitably, as the two young scientists burrow deeper and deeper into uncharted territories, the campus will start brimming with West's reanimated corpses, catching the eye of his arch nemesis, Dr. Hill, who yearns <laughs> to take credit for his astounding discovery. The dead will rise again, even with a bit of help. However, the young reanimator, oh, sorry, can the young reanimator harness the power of the phosphorescent green reagent? No. No. So it was like, I, I can't. there was a lot of things going on in this film like how the fact that the opening is very much so like Psycho and I'm like how could they get away with this and apparently they were just like it's a homage to Psycho I'm like it's a blatant rip they're using the Psycho music throughout the film and mm-hmm. um, just slightly off with the sound to make it um like oh we're not you know I they might have paid royalties or something I don't know but like um I was so interested in it because it just seems so bonkers that I was like you know looking up the trivia of it bananas yeah so this is a HP Lovecraft tale of the reanimator um with Herbert West in it um and instead of there being Dan there's just an uh, unnamed helper and apparently Lovecraft hated them but they were like he was getting five dollars in the 1930s five dollars per issue so he wrote like a few reanimators and that's why um you have the sequels so it's kind of loosely following on that and obviously following on the frankenstein theme of bringing people back to life but it's dr hill's obsession with dan's girlfriend megan who is also the daughter of one of his um colleagues yeah it's disgusting yeah and I think as well, like Barbara Crampton played Megan and she's also like still very much so goes to the horror con things. And she was like, she told the director they had four seconds of to film her naked and then that's all they could use. And she says she would never show any of those scenes if she didn't think that it was for something. 
or for a purpose yeah um so she was like for it but they do a scene in it where dr hill is um and at this stage he has been decapitated and reanimated so his reanimated body is holding his reanimated head as he has captured megan used her dead and reanimated father to capture her um and strips her naked yeah gropes her around a bit and then the head starts to do stuff to her tries and then i read that the actor he got divorced from his first wife basically from that she left the screening of oh how could you I think he told her that there was something in it but she obviously wasn't told to the full extent yeah and their marriage might have been on the rocks but basically they divorced right it after was this the nail in the coffin oh yes and what a nail I can kind of understand that like I was saying that I was a little bit distracted by the end of it but I looked up at that part and I was like Jesus what is going on what have you just stumbled <laughs> into like what is happening yeah yeah it was kind of funny in parts with how Herbert is just his mannerisms about it like yeah he's so gung-ho and like he is you have Herbert and Dean are in the sequel which was called Reanimator 2 but it's also got the title of Bride of Reanimator where they tried to make the perfect woman and uh, then there was a third one which is apparently not following the lore of the book and it's just Herbert like there's no Dean in that one um but like I I think I'd watch I'd only watch it if someone had it on there I don't think I'd go looking for it yes yeah I get that it's kind of like I'd imagine now I think it's quite the cult classic of a film and it's like you will either like it or you want there were parts of it that I liked and I really feel like as if that scene was just unnecessary but also you got to think it was 1985 (laughs) and a lot more of those scenes were okay Mm -hmm. you're only talking about really in the last five years has stuff like this been kind of like frowned upon and it's gratuitous nudity and sexual assault is kind of like well does it have a purpose if it doesn't have a purpose I kind of get like they are showing how this man's obsession with Megan escalated yes yeah Um, that went from not to a hundred in two seconds it was kind of this like almost orated version of like weird science and yes. then it got I was only saying that to my husband last night that the film had very weird sciencey vibes yeah it. do you know and they were this kind of real like like the friend was like this really good looking doctor that you mm-hmm. were kind of like you could see you know that guy and being like he's with the weird friend yeah you, know, you kind you of get like, like Bruce Campbell vibes of evil dead yeah. with that character it was all yeah it was all a bit like there was a bit of fun in it as well mm-hmm. I thought the bit with the cat in the fridge was quite funny yeah like him trying to explain that and everything but it oh was- yeah what do you want me to leave it on note saying dead cat more details later <laughs> i was like he's got a point like yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah so it was quite fun- there were bits that were quite funny and you were kind of like yeah i can see where this is going but that just came so left field that you were like oh wow okay Chris was like watching parts of it with me in the beginning and we the two of us were like really grossed out by the way Dr Hill would linger and the toast you know Mm -hmm. the toast was to the daughter and he wouldn't want the daughter to leave the house and and then when the dad he was like oh you have to let me look after him and he was like you're you know you're all alone now you've only got me and it was really creepy and I was terrified that Chris was going to come back in at that scene because I was like how do I even explain the Mm -hmm. man the head now and he's doing that and I'm like oh, I swear two minutes ago none of this had even happened yeah and if this wasn't this movie no. <laughs> a few minutes ago yeah hard yeah. turn mm, yeah hard turn um yeah so again glad I've watched it yes yeah don't think I'll be doing it again though yeah yeah but look Um, that's just our opinion people give it a go yourself and you know if you have seen it and you want to like you can message us about it and tell us tell us what you think as well or like if you haven't seen it give it a go yeah yeah our next week's one is dr jekyll and mr hyde Ooh, now there's an interesting topic of what year do you watch it hey i'm sure there's about a thousand of them quite possibly yeah like you have uh hammer horror even did one in the 60s where it was dr jekyll and, and mrs hyde 
where or sisterhood mm-hmm. and uh, when as he took the potion he became a female version of himself like his his alter ego in a female form um you've obviously got your silent film version mm-hmm. um yeah a lot to go with so stay tuned next week and see which one we picked see which one we go with <laughs> yeah there's one here in 1941 there's one in 2017. You got like some bad. Oh, there's one. Um, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein kind of done around about the same time as Bram Stoker's Dracula, like early 90s. And it was Kenneth mm-hmm. Branagh, the actor who played. Um, oh, no, sorry. I'm talking Frankenstein. Jesus, it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah, there's a Why? Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in 2003. And there's one in 1931. That's Yeah. I think it might be universal or of if not universal it's they all had their go at the horror film um from the novels do you know what we should do we should actually take them all and see which ones are actually that we could see that we could access yeah put them into a hat and we'll just decide which one absolutely let's do it the democratic way yeah yeah fantastic or we might put it up on instagram between two Mm-hmm. and see what everyone thinks and which Absolutely. one we'll go with um yeah so make sure to come back to us next week if you're looking for any other horror podcasts mm-hmm. if you follow the hashtag horror fam on instagram you'll find um some amazing horror podcasts um yeah. out there as well give us a follow on instagram on because you're home with an underscore in between each word and you can listen to us on most podcast platforms on Just Because You're Home. And thanks so much, guys. We will thanks talk for listening. to you next week. Bye. Bye. I feel so unprepared. I'm like, I don't know what to talk about at all. <laughs> <laughs>